Hello and welcome to the After Sermon Podcast, where we pick up all the bits from the cutting room floor that didn't make it into our sermons and break them down. And today we're looking at the sermon, God's Divine Appointments. Hi, my name is Christopher, and ladies and gentlemen, you are all in for a treat, because today we have returning co-host with us, Mr. Jesse Marks. Hello. And we also have our brand new guest on the first time, Colin Home. Great to be here, Chris and Jesse. Now, Colin, just so people back at home can get to know you a bit better, uh, tell us just a little, little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do. Well, I'm married, well, I've got five children, two dogs, live near the beach. Oof. Uh, yeah, I love the beach. Is there a uh, white picket fence? <laughs> no, no white picket fence, but uh, but I, we can walk to the beach from where we are, and I, and I love doing that. Mm. I also am the international director for Holy Spirit Ministries with Dennis Smith, the the author of uh, the Forty Days Devotional. Nice. And also Helmut Horbel's book uh, Steps to Personal Revival: Being Filled with the Holy Spirit. So we go around the world doing revival meetings mm. in churches, conference unions. Uh, preaching about revival and preparing the church to get out there and um, give the message that we've been given. Yeah, wow. Well, it's a real privilege to have you here with us today, and I'm really looking forward to getting deep into this topic that we have in store for us today. So let's get right into the recap. But just before we do, if you haven't watched God's Divine Appointments, go down into the link below and come back here later because this podcast is full of spoilers. Now, with that out of the way, let's get into a quick recap of the sermon. What was it about, Colin? Well, the sermon was about, first, what is our message at Seven Day Venice? Mm. What is our prophetic message? What is the message God has given us specifically to give to the world? Mm. You know, I, it reminds me of the story of Jonah. Jonah was given a message to go to Nineveh, but did he want to give that message? <laughs> Not particularly. <laughs> well, can you blame him? Like, it would be like be told to go to Syria today and, and, and mm. preach because that's where Nineveh was. Yeah, and so yeah. you wouldn't want to go to a place that people hated you for a, for a start. You know, many people, they were enemies of, of the Jews. And so Jonah was asked to go there. And so, but he didn't want to give the message. And I can understand that. So he ran the other way. But you know what? God's a God of second chances. Mm. And so he uh, gave another opportunity, took his last breath. <laughs> and he said, saving the Lord, you know, was swallowed up by fish. And he was spewed up on the beaches of Nineveh. Mm. And he went and gave that message. And it was a warning message. It was a warning message of love. And he gave that message and all the people in Nineveh repented and they were saved. Mm. And so the first was to unpack what is actually our message as Adventists, which is to give the three angels message to the world, the everlasting gospel, a warning message, and uh, but a message of hope as well. Mm. Uh, a prophetic message of things that are coming upon this world. Yeah. Uh, so so that... That was first unpack what actually is our message. And the second thing is is then asking God to set up divine appointments in your life for the opportunity to share that message yeah. with people. So that was basically the, the mm. purpose. And so I remember, yeah, you also went through like a few examples of divine appointments that were given, like Jesus and the woman at the well or uh, the woman caught in adultery. And then even like the apostles after Jesus had all these different divine appointments as well. You, we talked about like Stephen... Um, Philip and the Ethiopian, all these different opportunities and how at each point these people 
would grab those opportunities and take them to spread the everlasting gospel. Mm. And so how did um, this idea of kind of biblical prophecy tie into that? What was kind of the uh, connection between divine appointments and then looking at biblical prophecy and how part of our message is sort of tied to that? How would you kind of connect those two? Well, again, it's, 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 we've got a mission or prophetic mission to give. It's, you know, we, as a seven-day Adventist, we've been raised, our church has been raised up to give the, the three angels' message to the world mm. in, in uh, 1844, yeah. which is exactly the time when Jesus entered the most holy place, according to the 2300-year uh, prophecy, when the sanctuary will be cleansed. So what's the sanctuary got to be cleansed of? Mm-hmm. The sanctuary's got to be cleansed of sin. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. When Jesus came to save us from our sins. So the purpose of the gospel is one, Jesus to pay the penalty for our sins, and the second purpose is He's given us the Holy Spirit to cleanse us and lead us to repent and cleanse us from sin. Mm-hmm. So obviously this has to finish sometime. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to go on forever, is it? Mm-hmm. So so you know, the day of atonement or the cleansing of the sanctuary, uh, which is connected to probably Leviticus chapter sixteen, when you when you when you want to study this, goes about what would happen on the Day of Atonement or the cleansing of the sanctuary. Mm. And so it's called the Day of Judgment, or Yom Kippur, I believe it's called, mm. Day yeah. of Judgment. So, so that is the message we've got, to prepare people for the second coming of Jesus. Mm. But before that happens, there's going to be some serious stuff that's going to happen. You know, Satan's mm. just not going to go down without a fight. Yeah, and right. so he has this opposing, um, what do you call it, opposing message to deceive the world. And so mm. we've been given light to take to the world. For example, uh, it says the judgment's begun. Mm. Before Jesus comes, there's a judgment or an investigative judgment where, where Jesus goes through the books, mm. right? Mm. Everyone who's claimed Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, uh, even in the Old Testament, right through the New Testament, anyone's claimed that to see who was serious about it, who really you know, mm. in, was in their hearts. Because mm. many people claim... But, but life, inside, really, what? Yeah, your life it. doesn't show. Mm. And uh, you know, it's like the. And I think the parable of the um, the king coming to the guests is a wonderful parable of Jesus explaining that. Mm. So, so that's sort of give you a, a prophetic background of what the message is. The three angels' message: judgment has begun. Worship him who made heavens and earth. A direct correlation to um, to true worship, which is mm. when that's the seventh day Sabbath is in there. Uh, it's the everlasting gospel, what Jesus has done for us and what he wants to do in and through us. And it's also a warning message as well. Mm-hmm. Because the, we know that from the Bible in Revelation 13, um, Satan's going to work through religious powers and political powers to bring the, and deceive the whole world uh, into doing false worship. Mm-hmm. And that kind of ties back into Jonah's message, wasn't it? It was a message of warning, like mm-hmm. to, to turn and worship God. Otherwise, judgment and eventually destruction would come oh. to them. And so it is—it's that same message, really. It's a really good parallel. Mm. Yeah. So, so you know, like you know, I mean, let's be honest. We don't want who, who wants to go and tell people about the mark of the beast. Yeah. Yeah. Difficult topic. It is a difficult Sensitive. topic. You know, probably to some people. Yeah. Yeah, but like you know, like, uh, but do you want any of your friends to get the mark of the beast? Mm, not at all. No, not at all. Because if you get the mark of the beast, you receive the seven plague, last plagues and you're lost. Yeah. So, you know, I look at it like if you knew there was going to be an earthquake next week, mm-hmm. all right, on this day you knew there was going to be an earthquake, would you tell people? Mm, you would, yeah, of course. Right? <coughs> now, people might laugh and you think you're a crazy person, but you would still warn them, wouldn't you? Yeah. In love, any way possible, please get out of that. Yeah. Get out of that situation. Escape to the hills or whatever it is, you, you know, mm, just it. 
get yourself out of that area where there's going to be an earthquake. Yeah. Uh, and so it's the same thing. We don't want any of our friends or anybody to receive the mark of the peace and be deceived by a false system of worship. Mm. So the three angels' message is a message of hope. And it also, in contrast to the mark of the beast, it talks about getting the seal of God. Mm. All right. And it says, here are they that have the faith of Jesus and keep the commandments of God. Yeah. Which is in contrast to the... To the uh, to the beast power's message. It's interesting, though, that often the message that needs to be spoken and needs to be preached isn't necessarily the one that people want to hear. Mm. And that's why it can be... That's why I think we have that difficulty sometimes in doing it because we know that it's not necessarily a very palatable message. And I've heard, like, a lot of people, they try and bring in people into the church by telling them different things, you know? They're like, God has a wonderful plan for your life. That's often one that's used to try and get people into the church. Like, it's true, but in the case of the earthquake example, if you know there's an earthquake in a week and you know the place, are you going to tell them God has a wonderful, wonderful plan for your life or you're in danger, get out, you know? Like, you're going to tell them both. Yeah, you want to tell them both, you know? Yeah, one can't come without the other. And so it's so true that you can't just have this one nice, happy message like, yes, there is that love and there is this, but there's also an imminent danger. And so it needs to be told in a very loving way, but also in a way in which there is that urgency. And I think we, it's, it's a bit of a wake-up call for us, hey, to kind of get this idea that the message that we have as a church is really urgent and needs to be proclaimed now more than ever, really. Well, especially in spite of, you see what's going around the world. Mm. All the prophecies of Matthew 24, Revelation 13, that, that we've been preaching on as seven-day events for over 150 years, we're starting mm. to see come together. Come, yeah. Yeah, it's all yeah, sort of coming right. together. Our ecumenism is coming together. They're called all religions to join together and put aside mm. their differences. You know, the protest is over. 500-year protest is over. Yeah. Well, it's not over for us. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, it's going to get pretty hairy. And mm. so, so once you know what the message is, okay, it's then asking God, give me divine appointments to share that message. Yeah. Mm. Now, and I went through things like one-on-one. We can share the message one-on-one. Yeah. Lord, give me someone to bring to Jesus and to mm. share this message so they can be saved. Mm. Uh, it can be done in small groups. And I just went through, that's where I got my inspiration from, was from Jesus. Yeah. So how did Jesus do it? Well, he went and did one-on-one. Yeah. He was in a small group. Small group. He worked in a team. Yeah. It was like team training, equipping. He did public evangelism. Jesus did public evangelism. And so disciples learnt from Jesus. And you look at the early church, well, guess what? The early church did what? They did. They prayed for divine appointments. So you go through the whole book of Acts is really the book of divine appointments. Yeah, basically. Hey, yes. And they kept, you know, like you look at Philip. Divine appointment, Magellanica appears in mm. Ethiopia and shares the gospel that Jesus is the Messiah. Sorry, time the message day. that yeah. they had to give then. Mm. And... And what happened? He was baptized and he was saved. He took that message back to Ethiopia. Yeah, that's crazy. Look at Jesus when he goes over to even the, um, uh, what was the, the, the demon-possessed guy. Mm-hmm. You know, He wanted to follow Jesus after he says, no, no, go no, and tell go everyone, back to your town. go and tell them what I've done for you. <clears throat> well, guess what? When they went back later, they all believed. Because yeah, um, of the work of that demoniac, yeah. Because of that work. Mm-hmm. The woman at the well. Here is a woman who basically had five husbands, I believe, and she was living in a de facto relationship. Mm. On day yeah. one, she brought a whole town to Jesus. Yeah. Mm. She realised he was the Messiah, way. wasn't he? Yeah. Testimonies are powerful. Mm. Divine appointments. And so right through the book of Acts and the Bible are divine appointments. So 
my thing is let's pray for our divine appointments. Yeah, that's it. We're in the book of Acts still. It hasn't finished the book of Acts. It's still going. Hmm. And so let's pray for divine appointments so that we can share one-on-one so we can get Bible studies uh, in small groups where we can invite people in. Look at the book of Acts chapter 2. They met together and ate together, fellowship together, prayed together and studied God's word together. Hmm. And then they did, it says they found favour with the people and the Lord added to their number daily. So what was your impression? What do you guys think of the sermon? Well, I I really liked how you gave several examples of divine appointments because it it kind of reinforced this idea that God doesn't sort of just do a one-off sort of thing to a very few select people. It's, It's sort of like if the, as long as there are people who are willing to be led by God and are praying for those divine appointments, God will give them to those people, you know? And so that really uh, impacted me, as well as the, the idea that tying into all that prophetic stuff that we were talking about, now more than ever, we should be praying for those divine appointments. Like this is a message that is, well, even prophecy says, this message is for now, following this period of judgment up until the second coming, you know? This is when the message is most re- relevant to us. So I really enjoyed the sermon. I got a lot out of it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. I thought it was very very timely, the fact that you suggested we should pray for divine appointments because the way I see the world at the moment, we're a world that's really scared of offending people. We're a world that's scared of confrontation. And I think sometimes as a church, we can fall into that trap. We're afraid that if we share this message, we're going to offend someone and then we're not loving them. But as you said in the sermon, the ultimate act of love is to warn people. Um, You wouldn't leave them to destruction. So yeah, I thought it was really timely and very well done. Yeah, I call God the, the ultimate networker. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, like he's just a networker, isn't it? He just sets up these... That's it. Uh, I look at my own life and see so many times he's set up divine appointments in my life mm. that I didn't think much of, but later on, they've led to other things. Mm. He's brought it together, people together, then all of a sudden something's happened from that later on or instantly or later on. He's just a divine networker. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think we've kind of gone into some of the things the drawing board, like what your main goals were in getting this sermon across and even your inspiration. So I think we'll just go along to the cutting room floor. Was was there anything that you found uh, that you had to keep out of the sermon that you, or any any areas in which you think you could have expanded upon a little bit that you weren't able to in the sermon that you could go through now? Well, I think I I covered a few examples of divine appointments. I mean, there's so Mm. many to choose from. Like, you know, you go through the, through just the Gospels and the book of Acts and, then, and even Paul's life. You look yeah. at Paul's life. What, what I, I would have loved to have gone in of, of how God does that. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot more unpack that, how he does it. But we know he does it through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And the key really was with Paul or... I love the Isaiah. I could have unpacked Isaiah even more. Mm-hmm. It's something I learned years ago. And I prayed this prayer about eight years ago. And this is the divine appointment prayer. Okay. Hmm. And Isaiah just said these two words, send me. Hmm. And that's all I do. Very powerful. Simple but powerful. Hmm. I just say, Lord, send me. And then that takes the burden off you. You're asking God to set it up. Hmm. You just got to be really identifying when those divine appointments are and be ready and able to give your testimony. So really things we need to be training equip us is how to give your testimony, how to give a Bible study, mm. uh, whatever it is that God 
lead you to do. So they're the preparation things that we could we can do yeah. to prepare for those divine appointments. Mm. And God's got them everywhere for everybody. Mm. Because I can't reach every single person in the world, and you can't. But maybe he can with 20 million people. He could reach, you know, yeah, billions absolutely. of 20 million people through divine appointments. Yeah. So I also wanted to ask, um, is there one example in your life or like of the many that have probably happened that really stuck out to you of God setting up or, you know, networking one of those divine appointments in your life? Yes, it was actually a reluctant divine appointment. Mm. It was actually, I reluctantly went... I, I'd, I'll be honest, I, I had a crisis in my life and I left the, uh, the church about in 2004 for 12 months. Major crisis. Mm. Disappointed with God. And, uh, you know, where were you? Mm. Uh, obviously, I didn't have the, uh, uh, who was it, the experience of Job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like I, had a, I had a crisis, mm. but, you know, I didn't hold on. I was, I, was, I was like the other guys, you know. Where are you, God? Why yeah, exactly. did you let this happen to me? Sure. I'm sure we've all had that that experience. Mm-hmm. But I left the church, but I came back because you know when you know things, something's true. Like I knew, I know the yeah. Seventh Day Adventist Church has been perfectly raised up from the Bible, you know, to give mm-hmm. a message to the world. And so I knew this. So I came back and I just fully committed to God, 100%, and said, oh, I'm not going to be lukewarm. I'm just going all the way. Mm-hmm. And then what happened is, I then got invited to this revival weekend with Dennis Smith. Oh, awesome. That's so that cool. was a divine... And, and I went reluctantly because, you know, everything I heard about the Holy Spirit from the Adventist church was like, there's this counterfeit Holy Spirit, you know. <laughs> beware. Yeah, yeah, beware yeah. of the counterfeit Holy Spirit. All the negative and, and no positive. Yeah. Yes, and he hardly heard anything about the, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the early rain, the latter rain and things like that. So, so I went reluctantly, but he showed me from God's Word. In John chapter 14 and 16... You know, the marvellous work and gift that Jesus has given us and how Jesus mm-hmm. wants to live in us through that. And so that was a divine appointment and changed my life completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, since that time, I've been praying for a daily outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And God has just done amazing things in my life since that time. I've had the opportunity to go to probably 24 countries, wow. preaching mm-hmm. and teaching. That's incredible. Uh, yeah. distributing hundreds and hundreds of thousands of books on revival mm. uh, worldwide and stuff. And I've been had the privilege of being involved in that. And so that was a divine appointment that changed a direction in my life. Mm, that's amazing. To, yeah. for, in a positive way. And there's been many more I could tell you about, but mm. there's one major one. Yeah. Right? I can think of um, one that really sticks out to me in my life was, for those of you who, um, he's been on the podcast with us before, episode four, uh, buy high, sell low. Link in the description below. But uh, my co-host on that uh, episode was my friend James, and I think definitely I can identify that as a divine appointment that God set up because we were both in commerce class together, and at the time uh, James wasn't very interested in in God, and we had a class discussion, and I remember after class he came up to me and he said, "Why is it that you answered the way you, the way you did?" Because of all the other people, I just answered a little bit differently and started talking to him. You know, I believe in God and everything else we give out comes from the Bible. So we started talking and getting into this dialogue. And then we're walking off the bus lines and we said, all right, well, I'll catch you later. We'll talk about this tomorrow. And then we realized that we're both walking in the same direction. And we say, do you catch this bus? He goes, yeah. And we found out we caught the exact same bus and we just never known all this time because 
-hmm. we never really talked to each other. And then I, probably for the next one or two years, every morning and afternoon, we'd just get on the bus and we would just come and talk together about God. That was it. He'd, he'd come with new questions. I'd try and have to go and find answers. And it was this really good dialogue that we had. And we, it wasn't just like a great witnessing opportunity. Like it was a really good friendship that we were able to make. Mm. And uh, a part, part of why I'm even studying ministry and theology at the moment is because through James, I was able to identify that this is what I want to do with my life, to be able mm. to evangelize mm. and to witness to people and to be able to get them to know God. Because prior to that, I tried heaps of times, but no one had ever been interested. And so I kept getting attacked by this kind of like disappointment and this kind of sense of failure. Mm. And it was only when God had given me just like one little bit of success. And, you know, it's not to say that all ministry, you know, has to be filled by this constant rate of success, but mm. it was just that uh, an, opportun uh, an opportunity, a moment for God to kind of show to me, this is kind of what I want you to do. And it was also a moment for James, for him to begin to learn about God. Like it was a divine appointment for the both of us, really. So mm. that's that was a real moment that I can testify in my life that really spoke to me. Wow. Yeah. What about you, Mr. Marx? Do you have a story of a divine appointment? Yeah, well, one that comes to mind um, is when I was doing a little bit of door knocking and Bible work in Kosaba. So I was there for about six months, and I don't remember exactly, but at the beginning of the six months, myself and another door knocking partner, we knocked on a lady's door who wasn't a Christian. She um, she raised was raised, I think, semi semi Christian, went to a Christian school, but other than that, she had no idea about Jesus or the Bible or anything like that. And she was interested in studies. So me and my friend were like, yeah, this is awesome. So she said yes, and we set up a time to go around and have studies. Anyway, we came back at that set time. And unfortunately, she wasn't there. It was actually a, a, another person living in the house who told us that she wasn't interested. Now, we don't know if this was coming just from a friend or from her. But she pretty much said, don't come around again. We're not interested. I'm like, oh, man, that's really annoying. Anyway, time went on, and um, God gave myself and my friend more bible studies to to do and it was really really good but we came around to that same area again one day near the end of my ministry time at um Kosaba, and we just felt impressed to go at the door again so we came at the door and lo and behold she was there and um we talked to her again caught up connected and once again she said that she was interested in bible studies i was like okay well well thank you we set up a time and we really prayed hard about this because like lord this is another opportunity, so please let this be. So we prayed about it, and we came back, and praise God, she was there, ready and willing to have a study. And it was a really good study as well. God really blessed. And reflecting upon that experience, I really see that as God's perfect timing. We were very inexperienced, myself and my friend. This was our first time doing any kind of Bible study work or door-knocking experience or anything like that. And in a way, God showed us a person who he wanted us to connect with at the beginning, but then took her away for a little bit. He honed our skills. He um, worked on us character-wise as well and got us to the stage where we were ready to give a study, essentially, to a person who had no affiliation with Christ or the Bible. So I really think that's yeah the awesome timing of God there. You know, His timing is perfect, and even if it seems like God is not working, He is actually working. So, yeah, that's probably something for me. And even though you felt like a novice, you know, that's mm. what I'm hearing. Mm. I think of Jesus even when with the disciples. He was trying to equip them. Quickly in his ministry, he sends them out the 70 straight away. Yeah, mm. that's it. Eh? Straight away. 
yeah, they still weren't ready, and it, but he still sent them out, and mm. they uh, and they had success. Yeah, mm. I suppose the only way that you can get better at something is by putting yourself out there and getting experience. That's you know, it. practicing, taking yeah. the first step. Yeah. All right, Colin. So, do you have any recommended readings for the people at home about this uh, topic if they want to learn more about it? About divine appointments. Yep. Well, I tell you what, there is one book that I do recommend because God's going to set up divine appointments. But he's going to do it if you've got something to share, mm. if you have a revival in your own life. So there's an awesome book going around around the world called Steps to Personal Revival, mm. Being Filled with the Holy Spirit by Helmut Horbe. Uh, 600,000 copies in 28 different languages wow. just in the last couple of years have gone to um, Venice around the world. Mm. And this is awesome. helping thousands and thousands of people with a revival, which is what we need. Mm. We need revival. And then God will set up divine appointments. That's it. So it's an awesome devotional. It's only 100 pages, and I highly recommend it. Awesome. So make sure everyone check that out. That is Steps to Personal Revival, Being Filled with the Holy Spirit by Helmut Horbill. Horbill? Yeah, Horbill. <laughs> Horbill. There we go. All right, so Mr. Marks, where can these people find you? Sure. You can find me on my YouTube channel, just Jesse Marks, and I'm sure it'll be in the description below. Um, Chris, where can people find you? Yep, you can find me on my YouTube channel, Christopher Peterson, that's spelt with an S-E-N, and here every fortnight on the After Seven podcast. And Colin, where can these people find you? Our website is www.spiritbaptism.org. We've got free resources you can download, including the Steps to Personal Revival and other, other devotionals. Don't forget the After Seven podcast is now available on now more platforms than ever. We're available on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Podbean if you want to find us there. So make sure to subscribe, follow us on all of those platforms, and join us each fortnight as we have our After Sermon. Also, don't forget to like and follow us on our Facebook page. Uh, That way you can make sure that you get all of the updates and links to upcoming sermons so you can get ready for the upcoming podcast episodes. Thank you so much for supporting us, guys, and listening with us. That concludes today's podcast, and we hope you've been blessed as we discuss God's divine appointments. Make sure to come back in a fortnight for another episode, and with that said, have a good one, and good night. night.